Shalom and welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Anzavin, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan Seligson. Hi, Dan. Hey, Miriam. Can't wait. We're finally talking about sports, aren't we? I know. It's a pretty well-known fact that sports isn't really my forte, but I do know this particular remarkable story of Israel's 2017 World Baseball Classic team. Two years ago, ESPN had the chutzpah to call Israel's entry into the World Baseball Classic a gathering of, quote, has-beens, wannabes, and never-will-bees, unquote. I didn't say it. It was ESPN. This group of current and former Jewish American Major League Baseball players wore the blue and white Israel jerseys for the first time on an international stage. Their rivals would be Korea, Cuba, Japan, the Netherlands, with stars that included hometown hero Xander Bogards, Didi Gregorius, and others. An early exit from the tournament was almost guaranteed. At least that's what the experts thought. Let's just say things didn't go according to the ESPN script. We won't spoil the ending, but through this film, we do have an opportunity to watch the saga of this team from the very first days of coaches scouring the MLB database to see who might qualify for Team Israel to the very last out at the World Baseball Classic in Tokyo. Heading Home, a documentary about the team and their bonding trip to Israel, opens right here in Greater Boston on Friday, December 14th at the West Noon Cinema. During the opening weekend, Players, coaches, special guests, the filmmakers, and even a mensch on the bench will be on hand to discuss the film, celebrate Team Israel, and of course, the 2018 World Series champions, the Boston Red Sox. It will continue to play at the cinema through the end of the month. So we have with us today the two Jeremys. One is the star of Team Israel, Jeremy Bleich, a left-handed pitcher who played in the despised New York Yankees minor league system and professionally for the Oakland A's last year. The other is Jeremy Newberger, the co-producer and co-director of Heading Home and the CEO of Ironbound Films, the company that made it. Jeremy and Jeremy, thanks so much for, and welcome to Vibe of the Tribe. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you having us. So I'm going to let you both know uh, I have been fascinated by this project since before the World Baseball Classic. In 2015, I was lucky enough to go to Israel with Julian Edelman. Great game yesterday, if you're watching, right around late November. Uh, and we made a video, which was fantastic, and you can find it on YouTube. And a friend connected me to Jonathan Mayo, who you both know, a baseball reporter who saw the Edelman video and wanted some tips for taking pro athletes to Israel. Then once the World Baseball Classic started, I was one of those people who got into the office at God knows what hour in the morning and watched Team Israel online and do some amazing, surprising things at the World Baseball Classic. And then things really went full circle for me when Julian was spotted in the locker room last month wearing the Team Israel hat that I bought for him. But that's enough about me. I'm done with me. So my question is, uh, the expectations that you had going into this entire project, you did not necessarily plan on making a film that was so much about baseball, more like athletes going to Israel, but it turned into something different, didn't it? It did. I mean, this whole film was a giant accident. Uh, Jonathan Mayo, who you mentioned, he and I, we went to Jewish sleepaway camp back in the 80s. He had a full head of hair and he could hit a ball. Oh, over, didn't we all? Didn't over we the all. hill. Uh, and speaking of over the hill, we've stayed in touch and now uh, he writes and uh, reports for Major League Baseball. And I'm a filmmaker who does independent docs. And we've forever wanted to do a project together. And he came to me in two, 2015 and he said, 
what if we interview all these Jewish players at spring training and try and convince them to go to Israel on a birthright type trip? And I said, yeah, well, that, that could work. Uh, so I went to spring training and we interviewed you know, everyone from Ike Davis to Jock Peterson to Ian Kinsler. Uh, I, don't th I don't think we met up with you on, on that trip, not with Jeremy who's here, but uh, about a million of Jewish players we spoke to uh, and they all were interested in going to Israel. So we went home, we cut the footage together and nobody wanted to pay for the trip. So then uh, I get a report from Mr. Mayo that Israel uh, has a team in Brooklyn's world qualifier and they happen to have qualified for the World Baseball Classic. And it's the guys that we interviewed. And then all of a sudden the floodgates opened. Money came, uh, access came. I got to meet Jeremy and the guys on an airplane over to Israel. And, and the rest is the film. So we will be talking about baseball in a minute, but I did, I did want to talk about the location that you chose to, the, to do the theatrical release of the film. I know it's been playing at festivals for about the last year. I mean, obviously we have a team that just won the World Series and that's amazing, but there were some other reasons why you chose Boston and you chose to have it in West Newton and to do the tribute that you're going to do uh, next weekend. Can you both talk about that a little bit? Uh, in the film and on our trip to Israel, uh, a field that Jeremy and the other players who were on the trip went to, uh, there was a dedication to a, an unbuilt field in Renana uh, to Ezra Schwartz, who's a, a young man who was on, a, on his high school baseball team who was uh, murdered by terrorists. And it was a very moving uh, tribute and moment for the players uh, while we were in Israel. Uh, and the Schwartz family is from not so far from here. So uh, we decided that our premiere in Boston, you know, the home of the World Series winning Red Sox, the home of one of our players, Jeremy Bleich, and a huge kind of intersection of Judaism and baseball should be where we premiere the film. And have invited the Schwartz family uh, Father Ari and, and family to the theater for the weekend, which will be a tribute to Ezra's life. And, and Jeremy? Yeah, there actually was a, um, I've seen the film probably six or seven times now. And every time you, we get to that uh, portion of the film, there's, there, as, as Jeremy noted, there's a, there's a dedication. And, and, and I get the chills every time I see it. Boston is somewhat new to me. I've only been here for four years, but um, I've already learned quite quickly that Newton is a very, um, strong and influential Jewish community, and I think it's a great spot to debut it in a theatrical form. I think the, uh, the, the intersection of Judaism and baseball, there's not a lot of cities where you could say that about. Uh, Boston happens to be one of those. I mean, I just came from, the, from Fenway, where the, you know, they have a Jewish Heritage Night, and the Jewish Heritage Night gave us their extra mensch bobblehead dolls to pass out at this upcoming screening. So They're amazing, by the way. They're these bobbleheads are one <laughs> they of a kind. Bobble like no other bobblehead. One head. of a kind. They bobble, <laughs> they bobble right, left. They bobble. In a, I actually down. went to game two of the World Series with my mom and brother. Uh, my mom and brother both keep kosher, and we were looking for kosher hot dogs. And I think Fenway is the only place where, even during the World Series, they had access. I believe they make them in a vending machine, a but vending they, were, machine. they were still delicious. The, yeah. the, the guy who was checking them, uh, he swore to me. He said, these are the best best Franks in the, in the park, so you better get one. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think there's a, a large connection, and a, you know, it's, I'm excited to see the turnout. I have, like, a secret Boston pass, too. My, my beloved uncle and aunt 
lived in Sharon, Massachusetts their whole life. Every summer I'd come up to Lake Sharon and visit them. And during the family uh, functions and parties, my Aunt Marion would disappear and we'd be like, where did she go? And we'd go to the TV room and she'd be watching Red Sox games. Of course, <laughs> so. that's what we do here. <laughs> so as you just mentioned, you uh, dedicated one of only two, am I correct in that, baseball fields in Israel? There's one field that exists. There's one currently, There's one okay. with plans to be built. And, and actually, there's two now with plans to be built. Okay. Uh, one you visited in... Um, which is in the movie. Uh, Beit Sham, which is in the film. Beit, Sh- Beit Shemesh, right? Well, uh, sorry, Beit Shemesh, not Beit Sham. Uh, Beit Shemesh, uh, Peta Tikva is where the field that exists is. And the one that's dedicated to Ezra Schwartz is in Renana. Yeah. So what's it like to be in a country that only has, well, going on three now baseball fields? I'll let you go for that. That was uh, kind of interesting. It, it, it was interesting. I remember showing up to the field. Um, in in the film, you'll see there's a clip. We actually go to the the field in Beit Shemesh, and we go up. We pull up. There, all these kids are waiting for us. They're like, you know, welcoming us to this field. Well, at the time, it had rained. I don't know how much prior, but the the field was flooded for quite a bit. I think some of our plans to put on a little practice and a workout for the kids to see were, um, it was it, it it cut off a lot of our opportunity, but. To see, you know, the conditions and to see that it was, uh, you know, the one place in the country that these kids can go enjoy the game or be a part of a team or compete or whatever it was, very starkly different from, from the United States, from Boston, from, I grew up in New Orleans. I mean, there's, you fly over the country, you know, you fly over the, U- the U.S., or all you see is baseball fields yeah. or football fields or whatever it is. So it's very different. It reminds me that Israel's always like gonna have the thing you love like twenty years later. It's like when I was when I was there for my you know freshman year of college. You know we wanted to watch the Super Bowl and we were in Arad, a small development town in the south, and no one had cable. You know so we had to drive two hours to someone's uncle who had it, and we watched the Super Bowl at like two in the morning. And his mom came down, his grandma came down and yelled at us for being too loud. It's just Israel's kind of a, a funky place in that way where they kind of get into things that. Americans are into a little later. Yeah, I mean, they just got Amazon. Yeah, so, yeah, as you can see. And Ikea, right? Oh, was that? That's new to me. (laughs) Uh, So, Jeremy, as a player on the team, and and I'm I'm addressing this to the Jeremy on the team, not the one who filmed the team, uh, that trip to Israel, uh, well, there's three parts of the movie. There's one, the assembling of the team, two, taking the team to Israel, and three, actually playing for Team Israel. Part two, I think, really set the stage for part three. What did that trip do for this group of people who were from all different, you know, times and places in their careers and, you know, different places in the world? You guys have never been together in one place. And what what did this trip do for you? For me, I was lucky enough to have a unique viewpoint. I had been to Israel before. I had been on Birthright. A lot of these guys had not. I don't think anyone had been. I'm not I'm not sure about that. I know I can say comfortably say most had not. For me, I I embrace my experience because I was able to, one, experience for myself. I, I liken it to a, a birthright trip on steroids. That's what I tell people it was. There was every, it was a lot of things we did on birthright, but it was, there were no lines. Mm-hmm. It was nicer all- hotels. Nicer hotels. Nicer hotels, nicer food. I mean, it was, you know, top nicer notch. Nicer buses too, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but the reason I embrace it is because I was able to enjoy my own experience, but also see and admire and and try to you know, take a backseat to people's first experience and be sort of a connector for others and that was fun for me um 
you know, they were they're very as you'll see in the film. There's there's varying levels of um, Judaic practice throughout the players. You know, different backgrounds, different upbringings, and and you know, I I had a bar mitzvah. I I can read Hebrew. I you know read the Torah. All these things that I was able to help others with and explain some of the things I had learned, whether it was in my childhood or or bar mitzvah or my last trip to Israel. That was a really special experience for me. And then the a lot of the guys that went, we had we had connected before throughout the game of baseball, and then there's such a small group of Jews that play baseball that now we were connecting as Jews. It, it was a, it was a kind of a it was hard to explain, a very very fun experience. So we actually on Vibe of the Tribe interviewed Ryan Lavarnway earlier. Was it this year or was it? Late? I believe I, it was this year. It was this year, and it sounded to me like the trip really transformed him and i don't know if he had been to israel before but i think this particular trip really changed him and there's this funny there's this funny bit in the towards the beginning of the film in the first third where there's sort of like this investigation into which um, baseball players are jewish so we can assemble the team and it's actually really a kind of funny um, and i'm i'm just kind of curious how you know some people uh, talked about how they were a little bit apprehensive to be, you know, outwardly Jewish and going to Israel. And, you know, there's that apprehension that people can have. Um, and you just spoke to this, Jeremy. Um, do you think that that, how, how did that change as the time in Israel went on? For me, I would say I've always been outwardly strong about it. I think there were moments in my, you know, childhood or early man or college years where, yeah, I wasn't as comfortable. I mean, you grow up, there's different you know, stereotypes or comments that are made throughout yeah. clubhouses or whatever it may be to each their own. But, you know, everybody has sensitivities to certain things. My Both my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. It's something I don't, I take very seriously. I take pride in it. As time has gone on, you, you go over there, you're there for a purpose. We are, we had connected already in the game. We went over there to do something different. And, it, and that's what I really enjoyed seeing was how their eyes were open to the country, to the culture, yeah. to the people, all those things. It opened up a new, kind of a new element to, to many of our lives. Your audience needs to know that these are not like a bunch of meathead athletes. They're all actually pretty smart guys. Or as you guys say, the smart. They, they, this guy here <laughs> went to smart, Stanford, man. I believe. So, I, I mean, watching them go on this trip, they weren't, you know, uh, you know, burning down hotel rooms. They were like really interested in learning about history. They were paying attention during tours. It was, you know, this was a group of scholars who went to Israel to really take it in. There's a there's a scene in the movie where you reference um, the movie Airplane, and in the the clip from the movie Airplane, a passenger asks for some light reading and gets a tiny like handout on Jewish sports legends. And I resent that idea that it's such a minuscule number of Jewish sports legends. Um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that was sort of the underlying, you know. Uh, wrong that needed to be righted yeah. during this film, right? Yeah. The injustice. Uh, the injustice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you we took on. Note the airplane movie was made by three Jewish guys. So I know. It's, you know, it's really our own fault. But uh, I mean, to see these guys do so well uh, at the World Baseball Classic, it puts a flag in the ground that Jews can be athletes. And that's one of the strong messages of our film. And I think at a time right now where, uh, you know, there's terrible anti-Semitism that's yeah. breaking out around the country. It's a good message to see that there are strong Jews Absolutely. that will stand in the face of anything uh, and that will accomplish, you know, uh, being a, a baseball star or, you know, uh, just show that they can be strong, that we can be strong people. 
so I, I think that, you know, th that was an important message that uh, a lot of the guys, Jeremy included, uh, were sort of, they show every day by their yeah. workout, by their success in Major League Baseball. And especially when you see these shots of kids coming to the games and how inspired they are and how into it they are and how, and it's just a wonderful, just as a viewer, it was wonderful to see how transformative it was for the, the people in the audience uh, coming to watch the games. It was really wonderful. I'm seeing this at like uh, JCCs and synagogues around the country right now. Yeah. It's just in Columbus, Ohio with another pitcher from the team, Josh Side. And uh, a group of yeshiva, a yeshiva baseball team came to the screening, and they surrounded Josh. And these kids, I mean, it was like Elvis had entered the building, <laughs> and he was giving them pitching tips. And it was really special to see. So, I, and I think that that these guys did, with their victories in the World Baseball Classic, inspire a lot of young Jewish ball players, and uh, hopefully, a bunch in Israel too. And that was the the kind of meaning of the trip. Yeah, and Dan. And, and me, and me, absolutely. So I know that this film has been traveling around the country and, and going to a number of film festivals. What's the reception been like? I like to, uh, it's been great, but the, the funniest reception I've had so far was in uh, Santa Cruz at a non-Jewish film festival that we were in. And uh, the film, you know, played to 200 people. Uh, I think Ty Kelly, who's another player from the team, his parents were in the audience at the, at the time. And uh, this woman, she stands up at the end of the film during the question and answer and she says, I want to tell you this. I am not Jewish. And the audience is like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't like baseball. And we're like, oh, okay. We're striking what out are here. you doing here? But I cried my way through that whole movie. So it's like, oh, great. Oh you know, I wanted to hug that lady. It's like, there's appeal. This is a great underdog story. It's a Cinderella ride. It's like everything you want out of a sports movie. Yeah. And audiences are eating it up. The Jewish audiences, naturally, they're eating it up. And uh, non-Jewish audiences are starting to eat it up, too. That's that's so awesome. So in the film, you, you point out that Israel doesn't necessarily have a lot of internationally ranked sports teams necessarily. Maccabee Tel Aviv won the basketball Euro Cup in 1977 and many people were saying that that win put Israel quote unquote on the map um, in the world of international sports and it was so interesting to see in, uh, here in Heading Home that one of the Israelis that you guys interviewed uttered the same phrase that, that the baseball team was putting Israel on the map. So question for someone observing and someone playing on the team where do you think this team fits in in modern Israeli sports history? Big question. Well, I, I think it's a good it's a good foundational start, right? There's been, as you, as you just mentioned, there's been different dabs of success along uh, across years, but and I think um, Ryan Lavarnway and and Josh Side in one of the interviews in the, in the movie, not to give too much away, but um, they they mentioned that you know you, you hope this brings first of all support. Uh, whether it be financially or resource-wise for kids to be able to play the game, but also hope and desire and uh, courageousness to, you know, follow those dreams that may not be so popular, uh, you know, may not have the races at this time. And I think that's what you hope for. I, I, I do believe in shooting big and putting, having success on major levels, but I think the success we had at a major level worldwide should provide um, those things at a, at a smaller level, at an individual level for kids. And then hopefully that will come together to form teams and bigger groups and bigger groups, big groups that will provide maybe success down the road. I would add that uh, I guess like a month ago, a group of players, uh, five of them from 
Jeremy's team, Team Israel, and five new kids uh, went to Israel to get citizenship uh, so they could compete in the Israel Olympic baseball team, which oh. the general manager, Peter Kurz, is fielding as well. Uh, we filmed it because we're making a sequel, Heading Home, The Return of the Mensch. Uh, oh, my God. Break that to the boss. I didn't know. Oh, my God. But you went on that trip? I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't go on the trip. No. I set camera crews and stuff. That same week, there was a front page story in Haaretz, you know, one of the big newspapers in Israel, about the uh, Israeli gold medalist. There's one. There's only been one Olympic gold medalist. Hmm. It was from, Is it judo? Uh, no, 1991 windsurfing. Oh, okay. I, did, I was not going to guess that one. <laughs> and the article in Haaretz was that the guy was broke and was selling his gold medal. So if you want to f- sort oh of think God. about how Israel views even their like successes in sports, that's like a good story for you. I think it takes time to get them uh, into the game and get them on board. Uh, basketball and soccer, they are reigning supreme right now. Yeah. Um, but certainly what Jeremy and his teammates did for Israel at the last classic was a good foundation and hopefully with an Olympic medal with the next WBC victory they can really build on it yeah uh, but it's tough because you know if that guy's selling his medal <laughs> you know you, I mean that guy's already won the gold right so. so not not to give away much more about the movie I think if you've been listening so far you can maybe assume that something good happened during this tournament <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say about the movie itself, it was incredibly well done, and I I thought, you know, when I watched it, well, this will definitely appeal to people who love sports movies, it'll no doubt appeal to people who love Israel, but I think it also has, like you mentioned, Jeremy, it has some appeal to people who are just sort of neutral about both and like a good story and and a touching story. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, opening weekend is December 14th, 15th, and 16th, and then it's playing for at least a week following and I think possibly another week after that. What can we expect during the, the opening weekend in West Newton? I know that there's some some events planned and some special appearances and so forth. Oh yeah, so all the directors will be in town, myself included. Uh, we have Jonathan Mayo mentioned earlier, the reporter from Major League Baseball. We have the same hairstyle. Right. <laughs> right? Uh, Jeremy will be at all of the screenings as part of our Q&A. Uh, and also to sign some autographs, which is exciting. Awesome. Uh, there'll be some surprise guests, which I won't, I can't tell you yet. Uh, but the the plan was to open as big as possible in Boston. Uh, the Red Sox are participating in some way, which is nice and fun. And uh, I think no matter what screening you go to of the weekend, it's going to be uh, above and beyond just like your average movie going experience. So I would recommend you get out there. It's a great film to bring Bubby and Zadie out of the house for. Uh, so I would suggest that as well. I mean, I want families to come and enjoy uh, the, the, the whole thing with baseball is it connects generations and uh, what better, you know, religion can, you know, take advantage of that connection than Jewish, than Jewish families. Uh, so my hope is that we can have packed houses and stay at the West Newton Cinema for weeks, if not months, with the film. Because I know there's a lot of Jews here in Boston. Yeah, there are. There's and, a couple. And there's actually a lot yeah. right in West Newton. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we want lines out the theater. That, yeah. That's the hope. Uh, so, Jeremy, of the baseball Jeremy, uh, you were described in the film as the fireman. To our listeners not as familiar with that term in like this baseball context, me. yep, we're doing this for Miriam's benefit and for my own. <laughs> what does it mean that you were considered the fireman for Team Israel? The fireman. Well, to put it simply, I guess it would be the guy that comes out of the bullpen in maybe a tough situation, not a closer, not a setup man. So he's, I wasn't, I'm not your Craig Kimbrell, 
okay, but um, who obviously a closer, but more of a guy that comes in the middle of the game, whether it be fourth, fifth, sixth inning in a situation where the starter might be getting into some trouble. Uh, this is someone we trust. This is someone maybe that's been through these type of things, embraces these type of um, you know situations, and come in and get get those key outs to maybe bridge the gap between a starter and your back end relievers, kind of like Joe Kelly did to help the Red Sox win the World Series. And, and what was your Joe Kelly moment? What was your proudest moment during the tournament? Proudest moment during the turn as a player? Yeah. Um, probably went that first night against Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, you know, it was just a, it was a very odd. It, it almost felt surreal the way we, if you look at like start to finish, it, it just, it gives me the chills actually talking about it right now. Um, because you, we went in there, sure, you can say, oh, yeah, we're going to win. We know we're going to win. Like, let's be realistic here. I've, I've played many games at high levels. You always have confidence in yourself, but you, you also, as like a bright individual, you understand, all right, this is a big stage. There's a lot of support. We're definitely the minority here, no pun intended. But, you know, we, we, we're here, you know, um, it's us. It's these 28 guys, maybe a couple coaches and a couple fans, right? But I remember getting to that, like, eighth, ninth inning. It was a tie game. And you're like, holy crap. Like, we we, we could win. What happens? If, are they going to let us out of here if we win this thing? You know, <laughs> what's going to happen? I remember feeling that way. And then I remember um, once I was done pitching, you know, I got out of that, came back in the dugout. And then I remember winning. And I remember showering up after the game, going outside. Where there was a bus waiting for us. And... Security guards were like bringing us to the bus. People were gathered outside the buses, outside of barricades, like pointing at us. And who knows what they How were saying. dare you? Yeah, no, that's what it felt <laughs> like. And I remember calling, I don't know if it was my mom, it was someone back in Boston. I was like, this is, uh, can you believe this happened? And they're like, you know, I just, it was that moment where that was my proudest moment, where I felt like we, pro- we provided each other strength and support to, you know, compete and pull something off that was very unlikely. And that, that game was epic. I mean, I think for the players on the team, it may have been the biggest win they've ever been a part of. For sure. And and I think the way we won it, right? If you look at a baseball game like that, two to one in 10 innings, it's a highly executed uh, back and forth game. Not back and forth in terms of a lot of runs being scored, but low scoring games like that, there's good pitching, there's good defense, there's key outs by relievers. You know, they're high, high stress moments where a reliever comes in with the bases and with runners in scoring position and they get an out to, to turn over the next inning. They're not letting guys that, you know, inherited runners score. All these things where there's stressful moments every inning. And, um, you know, the way it was won, it was, it was a very, like, sh- sh- you know, strength building team effort. I mean, we just spoiled the hell out of like seven minutes of the film, and I apologize for that, but, but it's still worth watching, I have to tell you. You have to see it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So now we've got a little um, speed round of questions for you. Dan. Okay, my speed round question is, I loved hearing your salty manager, Jerry Weinstein, hype the team up in a very level-toned but expletive-filled speech. I love this guy. Does he always swear this much? Absolutely. <laughs> Didn't he just win some award? He for, did. For I, but swearing? I remember for swearing. <laughs> yes, he swears the most in the league. I think that's amazing. I, I remember going to see the film uh, when I was in spring training this past year in Arizona, and I'm I parked the car and I'm walking into uh, the Scottsdale movie theater, and I'm crossing from like you know, parking bay to parking bay, and I hear like these tires approaching, and then I hear like, "What's up, you 
<laughs> and I turn around, I'm like ready to swing at someone. And it's my manager with a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> like, okay, how are you? Good does to he see always you have a toothpick in his mouth? Yeah, toothpicks his Oh, this his is thing. phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my he, he was really on board. While so we to answer your question, in the lightest of moments, when I'm literally walking from my car into a movie theater, yeah, I got the same, the same vibe. Oh, it's amazing. I didn't know what to expect from that guy, but he was really like on board with the film. You know, he's like, hey, when do we want to do my interview? I was like, oh, this guy's <laughs> plugged in. And uh, he, he just lets it out there. He puts it out it. there. I love it. Okay, so my speed round question is the next World Baseball Classic is only a little over two years away. Um, so, Jeremy, are we going to be seeing you in the blue and white again? I will be there in okay. some regard. Um, if I'm playing at the time, I will definitely participate. Um, I will I will assist in some some fashion. Gotcha. Still yet to be determined. <laughs> And Jeremy Newberger, you just told us that the sequel is in the works. The sequel is. It's going to be about the Olympic uh, you know, version of all this. So uh, I'll definitely be watching the World Baseball Classic again, yeah. though, next time. Now I'm, like, hooked. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This one's out of left field. Who's next year's MVP, American League? <laughs> Ask Jeremy. <laughs> Aaron Judge. Interesting <laughs> and hurtful. But okay, I'll take it. Did you know that Ryan LaVarnway just joined the Yankee organization? No, why we're not going to speak about this. You mentioned him earlier. I figured happening. I'd circle oh, back. So, yeah. All right. When no. you're on top, you should respect your opponents. I, I Maybe it'll be Ryan LaVarnway. I agree. No, I'm, I'm concerned about my opponents. <laughs> so, my next question is um, who do you both think is the next great Jewish sports star? For me, it'll always be uh, Queen Ali Reisman. But um, <laughs> that's just my personal feelings. Oh, I love who her. Do you see? Oh, she's great. Um, who do you see as like up and coming Jewish athletes that we should watch? I mean, I, I know this is a cop out, but I'd say watch watch baseball. I think that there's first of all the the last sort of chase for the World Series. There was a Jewish guy on each of the four teams that competed before the World Series, right? You had Jock Peterson, you had Bregman, you had Kinsler, and you had Ryan Braun. Uh, so I think that Jews are not done with baseball just yet, and I, I would I would say keep your eyes open. Uh, it could even be, you know, someone you saw on this World Baseball Classic team. Uh, so th that's my cop-out answer. That's a good answer. I, I, I'm reluctant to say because I just, I don't know, the game's very unpredictable. There's a lot of things that change. But what I will say is, um, and maybe this is one of our hopes as well, is as the game, this type of attention is brought to Jewish, base, Jew, Jewish baseball players or however it is, it becomes more accepted or mm -hmm. more, you encourage people to accept maybe their, their um, ancestry, maybe there's someone that pops out that embraces, finds themselves to be Jewish or whatever it may be, and it, it's someone that surprises us. So we're all sleeping on Chosen Josh Rosen, is that right? <laughs> Ch Chosen I, Josh. I just love the nickname I had to put it Never out. Never heard that, but thank you for sharing. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, did you ever think that you would be on a team that had a rap anthem written about it by a guy named Kosha Dills? No. Um, in fact, the first time I saw the film, I'm like, what is going on? It's like, and then I saw, uh, Shlo well, I shouldn't give it away, but there's a, uh, one of, one of the, one of the guys that I think we should try to get to actually to come to Boston, Shlomo Lippitz. Right. He'd be a great addition. Shlomo Lippitz was late thirties. He actually, um, is involved. He, he, he lives in New York city. First Israeli boom baseball player to play college baseball in the United States. He was on our 25, 28-man roster in Korea. One of the only two Israelis. Oh. Special guy. He actually works um, for a 
for a place called City Winery in New York City, and they actually just opened one here in Boston. So he's here a lot. With, hang out with him, and and he um, was in the music video. Yeah, he, had, he he came. He said, as long as I pay for his Uber, he would do it. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> wow, how's that for a writer? Right, and that no, was all he wanted. No blue M and M's. Other than that, he's good to go. Kosha Dills is a <laughs> yeah. great rapper. He tours the country. He plays with Montes Yahoo all the time. Oh, there you I, go. I just was uh, yeah. I just was in New Orleans for a uh, for a showing of the film at at a JCC down there, and I remember. When the, when the first time the, the Kosha Dills with a Z came on, uh, everyone just started laughing. I think every time it's like the first time they see him, they laugh. The second time they're like, all right, this guy's got some rhythm. Yeah. Right. The yeah. third time they don't know what it's to expect. It's a good song. It's yeah. a solid song. From scratch. Yeah. Okay. So so I want to thank you, Jeremy and Jeremy, for joining us today on The Vibe of the Tribe. The film Heading Home opens December 14th at the West Newton Cinema. It's proudly sponsored by both CJP and Jewish Boston. For more information on the film, check out the link in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you so much, both, for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. And listeners, to make sure you don't miss an episode of Jewish Boston's The Vibe of the Tribe podcast, make sure to subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and follow at Jewish Boston on social media. Every time I bump on the pitch, Oybe in the dugout eating Kanish. David versus Goliath with better odds, 201. I'll take it like dinner at Chabad. We the bad news bears with a better pass. Jamaican bobsled team, the Jewish half. Home run and dodgy a stadium, stupid cat. Next up to bat if you believe in dreams. 69 years, Israel, we that team. And we swing it for the fences, from the bench with the benches, celebrating independence. Next up to ban if you believe in dreams. 69 years, Israel, we that team, and we swing it.